What's up, Achievers? It's me, your guest host and new friend, Brian Gray. Welcome back to the show. If you were not here last week for episode 114 with Billy Powers, you're going to want to go back and listen to that. I mean, just to keep up. We had a great conversation. We laughed a lot and other things. This is part two of our interview, diving into Billy's new album from his band Spoken in Tongues with Chris Weibel from Everdown. The album is titled The Nail That Sticks Up Will Be Hammered Down. I won't delay anymore. It's my pleasure to introduce to you, Billy Powers. When I first heard this, I just, you know, the opening line kind of gives it away. Is this a panic attack? So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, offline is just about like, um, you know, I've been I went to school for three years straight. Um, This summer was the first time I actually had off. Um, I basically work all night at night in the city in Manhattan. I hate New York. I've grown to really, really vehemently hate New York City so much and the people and the drivers and everything. It's just like a nightmare being here. And I just feel like I'm tailgated from the moment I leave my house until I, I mean, I had a guy tailgate. I live in a quiet little suburban area and I literally I pulled out of my house where I rent an apartment to drive to school. And I immediately had a guy tailgating me on this quiet little suburban street. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. Leave five minutes earlier. I don't know what to tell you. Like <laughs> yeah. what? I, you know what I mean? Like I, and then at work, I'm in a truck and I'm going 10 miles an hour and I constantly have Ubers and lifts and all these people, you know, people cutting me off people like just this morning, I had like a garbage truck churn in front of me from the left lane when the light turned green, like right in front of my truck. So it's like, I had, I just had this like, between that and then school and then driving to school and like all that stuff, I just had a very like, like, I'm just like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm reaching like burnout. Like I'm, I'm not going to make it. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, my whole, like seeing myself as a machine and going offline and I'm just like, you know, it's like, I'm getting to the limit of what I can handle to be honest. Um, so it's kind of like about that. And then the third, I think the last verse of that song is fun. It's, I don't know if anybody will pick up on that, but um, this is another one of those ones that feels weird to reveal. But um, it's like uh, when it says lady not sawed in half and um, it's it's basically me saying there's no more magic anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of what I took away from it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Slide of hand caught in the act, yeah. rabbit left inside the hat, lady who's not sawed in half. It's like, it's like, I can't even, I, there's no more magic for me to make this like work out like somehow, like, it's just like, I'm just grinding, just grinding through this and, and whatever. And, and like uh, the verse about, I can't take it back. I shouldn't have said all that. I should just wear a mask is, is sort of paralleling some of the ideas from, um, bluff um bluff by the way i didn't mention bluff is about bluffing 
like mm-hmm. in a card game or whatever. Um, that's where that title comes from. But that's the same kind of thing of like, like I should just wear a mask. Like now, now I'm mad and now everyone knows I'm mad. And now I have to explain <laughs> why I'm mad and I sound like a maniac and yeah. I should just shut my mouth. <laughs> so Sometimes anyway. wearing it on your sleeve doesn't work out. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. Sometimes being all open and honest and everything is a detriment. Yeah. I think Bill's insane. He may kill someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay. The, um, uh, and let's play this one. I thought it was great how straightforward the song was as well. Thanks. Musically. Thank Is this a panic attack? Like a time that's going fast. It feels like I might crash. I just need a chance. Offline, yeah. everybody. That was another one where the guitars were originally panned out like bluff. And then I thought that was like, now I'm repeating myself. And so then I just moved it back to the middle. Sure. But it, it sounded great in the middle. I didn't catch that. Cool. But originally, yeah, from the very beginning, it was always mixed left and right. So, okay. yeah. No, it's a great song. Um, Thank you. World's Last Optimist. Yeah. That's you also know, one of my favorite songs. Is it, I think it's great too. The hero is zero in two seconds flat. I mean, I would love to hear the story about this. So I don't even know. Uh, the song was originally called Rapper Feuds. Nice. <laughs> like that was the working file name and it was Rapper Feuds Forever and the lyrics were totally goofy. They were about like, all those sucka MCs, they can't flow like me and all this yeah. stuff. And 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 like whatever. And then I was just like, I couldn't bring myself. I was like, I can't do this. Like <laughs> it, it fits in with my personality, but it just felt like everything was so serious, like on some level. I mean, there is humor in there for sure, but like it just felt very out of place. And then um this is just like another song about me getting my ass kicked at the end of the day. I mean, really, sure. it's just like feeling like um like so like when I grew up, like I always consider myself to be like very much like a glasses half full person. Mm-hmm. I've always been like, um, you know, like trying to see the positive in things and all, you know, it's going to work out like whatever. And, and, um, so I changed the song. T- there was a couple song titles that were really long that I changed. I shortened like three song titles at the very end. This one was called in brackets, the sad and untimely death of the world's last optimist. <laughs> and I changed it to world's last optimist. So it was like me being the uh, the la- world's last optimist. I felt like I was like the last person that was going to try to like see the good and stuff. And then that part of me somehow died and I'd become this very negative person. And and I allowed myself to see myself negatively, to see like my situations as hopeless. And um, yeah, just like in the beginning, it talks about sure I would if I tried, I could like at a can do attitude. Clouds are silver yeah. lined. My path is defined like it's a little bit same, you know, there's a, a repetition of themes and that's also on purpose. You know, it's a little bit harkening back to cages and the idea of my path was defined. Like I had this idea of how things were going to go and then it didn't go that way. And, you know, um, at one point things were going really well and I was doing well in my career and, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm running this record. I'm doing my dream job. And, you know, I'm like having dinner in the Eiffel tower. And it's like, where did, where did that all go? You know, yeah. it's like, 
not that I'm like was a hero, but just like feeling like that feeling of like, yeah, I'm winning. Like I, you know, I, this is like what I wanted to do. And I got to do everything I wanted to do. I got to make records. I got to go on tour. I got to work at a record company. I worked in merch. I got, you know, I worked with my friends, like, and then it was like a lot of, you know, two divorces late. It's like, here I am this 50 year old, twice divorced (laughs) guy who's like in college and I'm surrounded by these kids and and like just feeling, you know, just this whole period of my life has been just feeling very like, um, you know, at the end it says, Hey, what did I expect? Life without regrets, you know, like, uh, and, and, um, and actually the, the line sad and timely death is really about the death of my father. Mm -hmm. Um, it's so it's like kind of like a double meaning and in the end of that where it's just talking about um the death of me being optimistic and then also like the loss of my father and then um just kind of like the weight of all that stuff and just feeling like um yeah i don't know just yeah like i just every time i get up i just get punched again you know going back to the same thing in the beginning of the blood on my lips and all that kind of stuff it's just sort of a repetition on that theme i guess well and just yeah me being your friend and following you for the last year of just like, you know, okay, you, you, you're already at the point where you're like that Bill's going through the worst thing that could possibly happen. Yeah. Oh, and now it's worse. Like <laughs> what in the world, you know? Yeah. I, I, I wonder sometimes too, even like in the, if the concept of like, are, is Bill even designed to, you know, you as a, in, as a metaphor almost, but is Bill even designed to be able to handle this? Yep. You know, and I, I don't know the answer to that question. You know, I don't know. That's what I was thinking about in offline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to be the thing that's going to break him, man? Yeah. ladies and gentlemen? Is this exactly. going to be the one? <laughs> like, I just sit catatonic in the corner, staring off into space. Like, yeah. <laughs> like all right, oh, well, this is it. This is how it ends. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, and that, so I just, that concept to me has always been a little interesting of just like, you know, um, well, I don't know that, you know, we're just by design. And you can't even talk about by design and other lyrics in here, but just yep. are we by design able, are we even designed to be able to walk in and and handle this much, whatever we're calling it, tragedy, grief, whatever, you know, like it, I think in my mind when I thought about the record as a concept, you know, for me, I was like, man, this record is, it, it's about loss. Yep. And that, that was what I took away from it. It so. is loss yeah. and and loss is a kind of death right so mm-hmm. it's like yeah. on that same thing and 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 i don't know if i can even say this without crying like i cry pretty much every time but like there was definitely like a there was definitely like a very vivid moment when i was uh in the separation prior to the divorce where i was in my car and i was like what is happening like i can't believe this is happening you know it's like an 18 year relationship and a 12 year marriage and it, and I, and i just I've had very few like supernatural kind of things happen to me, like maybe two or something. I don't know. Like this is one of the, like, I just had a moment of like where I had the distinctest feeling that God was telling me that everything was going to be okay. Yeah. And so, um, (laughs) I still can't say without crying, but, um, yeah. So there was like that, a very real moment in the middle of all this where I just felt like no matter what happened, like it was just this feeling of like, you know, no matter what happens, you're going to be all right. You're going to come out of this. Okay. Yeah, no, totally. And and I mean, and obviously thanks for being candid. Um, I just, if there was ever a a way to hear that, that's probably the, not that it's funny, but that's the great way to hear it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that's, 
that's it, stuck with me, you know. Yeah, it's definitely it's, stuck with me. Instead of the other guy we were talking about earlier, you know. <laughs> that's it. But no, that uh let's uh, how about we on that note play a clip from the song. I'm really glad that's not called Rapper Fugues and that I didn't do a silly song. <laughs> that, man, would that have been out of place at this juncture? <laughs> yeah. That would have not. Well, even do you feel like there's a point where you're restricted? Like, uh, I don't know the right way to say it. I'm going to just use the dumb word culturally again. But do you feel like, oh, I can't do that? Uh, nah. Like, you're not talking about, I know you're, that's not what you're talking about. But that was earlier on and I skipped it, one of my questions was <laughs> just, uh, you know, the version of us being rest restricted compared to how we used to be, you know, like, cause remember even I think of, I heard it on a podcast earlier, but I, I heard, uh, them talking about like, yeah. Remember back in the day when it was like, I had to, it had to be music and what was that and it was christianity or whatever you know yeah like. i know I, I if i'm being totally honest i never really thought about that too much to my detriment probably yeah. i mean if you think back to like blenderhead like the first record we had a song where i was talking about like implements for hanging yourself so i don't yeah. think like i worried too much about what people were gonna think about you know that kind of thing sure yeah i think for me because i was even to the point where i lived in a you know Christian community. There was oh, a, yeah, a yeah. massive pressure on me to be like evangelical. Accountable. Yeah, seriously. No, <laughs> I wasn't accountable. I didn't have an accountability buddy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have somebody in there going, now, Bill, are you sure you should yeah, be saying well, this? I won't even go into my accountability stories. But the, uh, <laughs> I just mean even like, uh, I mean, I can't, you, we, it's stuff you've joked about before in your podcast. Just even the amount of times I went to a venue and some guy would walk up to me and be like, who's speaking tonight? Yeah, God told me you're going to get up and do an altar call, and you're like, He did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I wish he'd told me. Yeah. Then we'd have a consent. Yeah. Now, do you go to sleep after this? Because you just yeah. got off of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm past my bedtime, but I, I still have to do a blog for my language and TV class after this. Oh, so. got it. Whatever. Right. Well, we're, get, we're on the home stretch. We're doing, I'm just enjoying talking to you. So I don't yeah. really care. No, me too. This is great. Uh, and I, I appreciate you letting me host your show. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one better for the job than you, Brian. Well, it's funny because I was on that other podcast we won't mention. And uh, at first I was actually like... That's my boy, Brian Patton. Yeah. As the Brian's story great. grows. Everybody listen to Brian on As the Story Grows. Yeah. the um, I've been waiting to actually do my As the Story Grows, which would be... Uh, so how do you like your new record? Are you asking me that? Yeah. How do you like your new record? 
I don't know how I feel about it. I, <laughs> I have, I've, I've told several people towards the end that I lost. I think I even told you I lost all objectivity about like, is this the worst thing ever? Is it good? Like I would listen to mixes and I would listen to them one day and I was like, wow, this is pretty good. Which is usually about as far as I can get telling myself that something I did is good is like, yeah, it's pretty good. Like, it's not terrible, you know, whatever. And then the next day I listen to it, like, this is horrible. I can't put this out. <laughs> I should just quit now. <laughs> like, you know, so and, and I'm still kind of in that weird stage where it's like, oh, I could have done this better. Or that could have been better or like whatever. I think overall, like I if I'm being completely honest, I feel the happiest about this of anything I've produced up to this point. Like. Um, just in terms of like, it's how I wanted it. I've said what I wanted to say. It's very authentic to me. Like I've, you know what I mean? Like I've, my tendency is to, I'm not a good, I don't think like I'm that great of a, as so like, I'm not a Dave Bazan. I don't, I'm not good at telling a fictional story or, or, uh, um, Damon Gerard or these guys that like are really great at telling these fictional character stories or whatever. I, I really aspire to, I would love, I wanted, that's the next monkey. I would like to, I would love to do a record where every song is about some fictional person. That's got some struggle. And you know, maybe it's some, about the person who wrote it, but we don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like I've just never been able to do that at the end of the day, when I get inspired to do something, it's always based on something I'm reading, something I'm seeing in a movie, something I'm experiencing. Like it's always very much about me and my life and like whatever and I like sometimes I feel like oh maybe I shouldn't have even said that or maybe I shouldn't write about that or like I do get those feelings sometimes of not from the like Christian guilt standpoint but just of like how much of myself do I want to reveal because I mean I'm definitely all out there <laughs> like it's all I just feel like I'm basically I feel very vulnerable about this record because I essentially just feel naked before everyone, like in terms of how it sounds, what the lyrics, like I played everything. If you think the guitar sucks, if you think the bass, like pretty much everything except for the drums, which Chris did amazingly on, like it's all on me essentially. So it's like, I think I've put the most of myself online with this of anything that I've done up to this point. And then having said that, like in the end, the finished product, I feel like, what I went through in my life to get to this point and finish it. Um, I feel like <laughs> I got choked up again. Um, uh, it took a lot to do this. So mm -hmm. whether it's the best thing ever or whatever, like I think just on the level that I finished it <laughs> finally after all this time and that I did it myself um, is very satisfying. I think it's a great record. I mean, again, I, say that all the time, but I just really do. I love that it is exactly that. Like, it's not the Damien Gerardo or the Dave Bazan. It's it's the the Bill Powers record. You know, it's just, it's you wearing your, it's, you're not wearing your heart on your sleeve. You're just being you. You know what I mean? Like, I love, I love the pain in this record as much as I love the redemption in it, you know, so. Well, I think like, to me, for me personally, one of the most powerful things is when I hear something and I know it's written from that place of very like personal pain and, and stuff like, like, um, this is weird as a 50 year old man, but like, I'm a huge fan of the band Paramore. I just love mm -hmm. them. And I, and it's weird that I relate so much to Haley Williams as a lyricist, but I know she's been through certain things in her life that I kind of know what the situation was just from mm -hmm. knowing people and that yeah. kind of thing. And so I hear some of these like breakup songs that she's written or ones where bandmates left and, 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 and whatever. And I, 
I've, I really relate to it so strongly and identify with it so strongly. And so like, I very much want to be that for other people. If they can like, if you're getting older and you've struggled in your career, if you've had a really bad breakup or you've lost someone in your life or any that kind of stuff, the idea that we can be honest about that and put it out there and that someone can take some kind of comfort in that. To me, there's, as far as music fulfilling a role to, or art or whatever you want to call it, like to me, there's nothing more powerful than that. I agree. And again, we come from such a different background that, again, it's inspiring to me, not that it's about me, but it's inspiring that I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, I really can't. You got to say everything's. Yeah, I, I don't have the ability to do this, you know. So there's songs on the Blame record that are written out of like probably pretty heavy stuff. And when people ask me, I, my running joke lately is I've come up with a biblical answer for every song. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. What did you, a what verse. Did you, yeah, a verse would, for it's every my, new, my new favorite thing. Like, what, it's like a, you, it comes with a study guide. Yeah. When you wrote that song that says, we will be okay, what's it about? Uh, Paul and Barnabas on the road trying to go their own separate ways. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. Yeah, it's just, it's my new favorite thing to do. <laughs> but, you know, and again, I wrote my record, actually, my record was written for the church. I was oh, like, if my Christian music fans want me to make a record, then I'm going to go all in and I'm going to write a record about Knock It Off. You know, that's basically what the album is. So nice. But the, uh, but again, my point being, I love, I love that you're, I, I think this record is very healing. Uh, you know, even when I've got to dive through the lyrics, it's, I've even felt that when I've read through it. So well, thanks for thank that. Thank you. The, sure. Um, which will bring us into our next song. That's my segue. The um, ideal versions. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Well, I liked um, it. this song was tough for me because I, when I read through the lyrics, I actually, I was like, I don't exactly know where um, it's going lyrically. I my favorite takeaway was the pre-chorus of the. Um, they say the hindsight is twenty twenty. I love that the vocal and guitar play together. I was like, oh, that is so cool that, you know, how that worked together with the pre-chorus. And Thank that you. was that was kind of my takeaway, but I would love to hear about this song. Um, so I it was called Ideal Versions of Our Former Selves, and I shorted it to Ideal F Versions. Mm -hmm. And um, this was, it's the longest song on the record. Mm -hmm. It has three parts. It has a verse, a pre-chorus, and a chorus. And um, it was the hardest for Chris to track. We really slugged it out to like finish it. It was to get the feel of each part and the build into the chorus and all that kind of stuff. I really struggle with the, when it kicks into the guitars and the chorus of like, I'm still not 100% happy with like the way that sounds, <laughs> but um, like just getting the feel of it and everything like that. Um, but I kind of, it, it really kind of stands on its own on the record. It's really very clean sounding. It's not as distorted, like guitar wise, even the mm -hmm. chorus guitar is a little more muted and whatever. So I, I like the feel of it, that it feels different than a lot of the other things on there. The actually I posted an Instagram post of a rear view. Like I want to say like maybe almost a year ago where I said, I said that line, I said like the post title was like, they say hindsight is 2020. I'm not so sure or something like that is what mm -hmm. I said. So I've kind of had that idea in my head for a really long time. And I, I think that like, as is often the case with like ex slogans uh, that we say or like expressions or whatever, I think that, that that's a very common one and could not be less true. Like, I think like, 
we like to think that in the like we kind of armchair quarterback these things that happen in our life and we look back at them and we think we have it crystal clear like I just know from some of the classes I've taken in college about how the brain works and how memory works and how we can totally revise in our head, like the way that something happened to be totally untruthful, like not the way that it happened at all. We can even things that we see with our eyes, we think that we see it and then therefore it, that's how it happened. And they've even shown that the brain can totally deceive even what you're seeing. Like you'll see a black person has a gun and the white person doesn't have a gun, but the white person, they did a whole study on that. It's like Jeez. the white person never had a gun, but they just, their bias makes them even see things and their brain cortex process things in a biased way. Sure. So it's like, the cockiness of like us to think that we can look back at things that have happened or if I had just done this at this point in my relationship or if I had just gone to college sooner or if I had just done this thing that somehow everything would have been better or different or whatever and that kind of like like uh backseat driving I mentioned it also being yeah. like of of trying to go back and look back and say like if you'd done this at this point then therefore this they'll tell you in logic and everything is a flawed type of way of looking at things. And I sure. think this idea that we can somehow look back now and say like, Oh, if I had just done this in my marriage, or if I had just done this, then this wouldn't have happened. Um, I think is just like a very dangerous way to look at your life. No, and, totally. And, and, and I think to be like, have such certitude about like, if I just done this, then that could have been saved or this could have worked out or that could is, is such a no win empty bottomless pit of no wind thinking you know what I mean to like this idea that like I don't know looking back and like whatever I think the best thing we can do for ourselves is to look forward and and sure. to and, and 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 then also the idea of like this line where it's like believe the backseat driver still believes in force of will just blink and make it so um you know is like this idea that I guess something I've learned over the past few years is how little control I have over my life, how little control I have over what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to feel, how, what other people are going to do to me, what yeah. I'm going to do to other people. Like we, this illusion of control that we all live under that we think like I, I've got, I, I have control over my destiny and what I'm going to yeah. do and whatever. And we have, we have almost no control over no, what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> None. You don't have any, you like, you like to think like I could like just the idea, like, Oh, I can fix my marriage. Like you can't fucking fix it if it's not fixable or if the yeah. other person doesn't want to work it out or whatever. Like just the idea that somehow, like if we'd done a certain thing, then we wouldn't be in this boat that we're in. Or if we done, you know what I mean? Like it's such damaging thing. It's like, again, and that's also like a theme, just damaging thinking, this thinking that we do that we just think like, you know, the ending bridge on the thumb, making predictions of future events from fading mental pictures of what's now past tense. If we knew the future, we bet and make money and we'd forget all the things that made us happy. This like, you know, just like we're going to plan for the future and we're going to save money and then we're going to be able to do blah, blah, blah. It's like, but then I got in an accident and I got paralyzed and I never got to do any of those things. Like we have so little control on the idea that we can plan and do things and like look back at stuff and just think like, you know, living with regrets. That's like a theme on the record too, is regret and living with regret and, and what we do with that kind of stuff and whatever. And I think like all that stuff is damaging and not good. Like we have to like, I think you should learn from the past. I don't think it's a good idea to just repeat the same stupid shit over and over again, as much as possible to not do that, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but I think like, yeah, I don't know. I, no, I get it. Cause I think when I was reading this, I, um, I think I've told you, I talked to, Lance Garvin every night. Um, he drives yeah. over the road. Yep. And I, by the time I get out of my club job, I'm, you know, he's on the road. So we just talk, it gives him something fresh, stay awake, old friends kind of thing. 
And we yeah. were discussing, I told him I was doing this today and he said to say hi, by the way. Hi, um, And then when we were talking about it, one of the things that we had brought up was even just almost like what you're saying, regret. But it was in the terms of like, uh, I think I think about in maybe like 95, uh, how I treated people or viewed them based on some something I don't care about now, you know, whether it be mm-hmm. some evangelical thing I was raised in and didn't know any better. I think that was even maybe some of his wording. He was like, I hate mm-hmm. that I didn't know better. And then I have affected relationships that I still carry the weight today or something like that, you know. So I think when I was reading through some of this too, I kept thinking of that. It's because I, I know myself I'll struggle with like, I have things in life that are my heavy regrets and I don't, yeah. I almost don't want to let them go. I want to own them. I just want to own like, yeah, I, that was, I was stupid and I messed up and, yeah. uh, you know, I can't undo it. And, but I, I know that I don't ever want to do that again. Yep. You know, and I'll tell somebody even, I'm, I'm sorry for how I behaved. No, like, Oh, I don't even care. I'm like, I know, but I'm just telling you, I still. Yep. <laughs> you know? I think, I think that's good. I just think like, it's kind of like do that and then that and then like move on. You know what yeah, I mean? Like exactly. I I think like and listen, this is like <laughs> I mean, I'm I'll be the first person to just hold on to something and beat myself up over it over and over again. And then I just have to like, and this is a good lead in into the next song, but like it it <laughs> uh, we are we're our own worst enemies. And mm-hmm. again, we just think we can look back and that we have this clear image of how we were or what and and I've just come to learn, like, I just don't know. I don't know. Should I have done this? Should I have done that? If I had said this, would that have fixed this thing? Or if I had done this, should I have done that? Should, should I have not done that? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like such a trap to get into this thing of, like, sure. like looking back and, 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 and we, we, everybody has their view of, like, you know, two people can be in the same situation and each have a totally different viewpoint of, how it went down or yeah. how things should have gone down or like 100%. whatever. Yeah. And, and like, what is the benefit of looking back at that and thinking that we have any certainty about like, whatever, like, don't they call that I mean? in, in therapy? Don't they call that like a negative feedback loop or something? You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it even know. goes back to cages of just like, I don't know what the answer is. That's it. So I like that too. Well, let's play a clip from, uh, ideal versions. All right, cool. The armchair quarterback points out the ways I lack. If I knew what I know now, could it be saved somehow? They say that hindsight is
I feel like it should have some like weird back music, yeah. but I don't have that. Sorry. Uh, you know, make sure you support our advertisers at Urban Achiever backslash Eat Dirt. <laughs> that- <laughs> the church is hurting people. Is that the title? Did I get that wrong? No, that's correct. Yeah, so that's Brian's record, and you should go get that right now. It's not blamed. The it's, church is hurting people. It's not all the way out yet. It, I think it drops next week to the digital subscribers, and then it'll be on our web store. All right, in so the next month pay or attention so. and, <laughs> yeah. and follow along. And then when that happens, go do that. But that title was written in uh, making fun of polarization. Uh, when I sent it to every one of my band members, it was almost like a test. I sent it, and Jim <laughs> nice. Jim can probably laugh about this. He may dog me out for saying it, but like I sent it to Jim and his. I can't repeat what his response was, but he was pissed when I sent it to him. He was like, you can't do that. Why you got to be so negative and dig on the church or whatever? And, and I was like, Jim, I'm, I'm actually not saying that. I'm, I, what if I'm saying that, you know, this is a place where hurting people are safe and can go and whatever. I was like, I'm talking about the title is meant as making fun of polarized culture that, you know, like we read everything, you know, or maybe even the scripture of like, you know, be you know, be slow to respond and quick to listen type thing, you know? So, and, but I sent it to every one of my band members and they all had the exact same response. Said the bass player. <laughs> hated it. Oh, it was just, <laughs> it, they, but they, it wasn't even just hated it. They responded aggressively. Like, oh. like Jim would be, I can't tell you what Jim said because he would be embarrassed. So we'll just say he sent back a embarrassing response. And then, <laughs> uh, I, I think by the time I said it to Jeff, our guitar player, him and I are pretty close and he was like, I read this as pretty lame, but I know you. So, what are you really trying to say? <laughs> so he was—he was about the only one that kind of did okay with it. But it was—it was just weird, you know, how that works. Um, I my—it's—I kind of heard it in a comedy movie. But uh, my new thing is, I've realized that the church has listening herpes, and they just listening <laughs> herpes—they <laughs> just can't. <laughs> Like we are such oh, bad listeners, it that. freaks me out. Yeah, great. <laughs> listening her. Uh, hopefully, it'll come up in a future podcast. <laughs> That'll be my next record. Will be the church is listening her piece. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. Uh, um, all right. So now this was as far as I was able to get in my my pre show notes. But That's so cool. let's go into repeat. I after can easily me. take you into this. Yeah. So repeat after me is probably the most positive song on the record. It was I was playing with the title Man of La Mantra because it's like a mantra. Basically, the whole song is a mantra. And it, it is my encouragement to anyone who's listening. But it is basically a song to myself um, about like, you know, like hang in there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, because that's what I got out of it. I agree with you. Even when it, I was looking at the whole give yourself a break, listen for small voices, and then I just ran out of time on making my notes. No, and, it's all and, good. And it's, side it's, note, like the, it's like the clouds parting moment of the record. Like, yeah. hey, everybody take a breath. <laughs> yeah. We're going to, we, I know we've, we're all getting our ass kicked here, but keep going, everybody. It's, it's your we will be okay moment, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was so as a side story, I went to see the 68 play last night. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I randomly... Josh Scoggin. Yep. I randomly have... And he said to say hi, by the way, as well. Um, I oh, have... Nice. I randomly have Wednesday nights off or my day off. So if a band comes sure. to town... Perfect. I They all make fun of me. I bought a ticket to go. And he was like, why'd you buy a ticket? I'm like, you don't understand? If I don't buy a ticket, I really won't go. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to make myself obligated. Yeah. I'll get the Google reminder. All these things help at my age, you know. But like even what you were saying about your reminder in your phone. 
But so I went to the show last night and I brought my notebook and pen. So I look like the biggest weirdo there. I'm probably the <laughs> oldest, oldest guy in the room walking around with a, a pad and paper. For and today it, you had it with you? Yeah, because I was making notes. Because, you know, I'm like hanging out between <laughs> bands, listening to the record and just trying to write down my, you know, I had been making notes yeah. on in between shifts all week and whatever. So I was just trying to, I really wanted to come into this prepared, man. This is a, a big deal. I get to be on the Urban Achiever show. Uh, um, shut <laughs> up. That's so embarrassing. Don't want to show up unprepared for Bill, you know? So. Oh, God. Well, I mean, thank you, but that's no, dumb. But <laughs> I knew, no, in, in a funny side, as we're going into the positive song on the record, it was funny that I'm then, like I said, the 47-year-old walking around a 68 show with a pad of paper. You know? <laughs> I'd go to the no one had No one had any idea you were so nerdy. Uh, well, then it just became the running joke. I think Josh at one point was like, what are you doing? I was like, I was taking notes on your performance, you know, and I think I made Is that it. what you told him? Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like... Just it, kidding. It seemed like your pants were tighter than last time or ha 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 or something. And he just laughed. <laughs> but that, your so, pants are tighter. <laughs> let's go back into repeat after me before we play it. But I, I did like... When I was diving into it, just I think that was my favorite line was to give yourself a break. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to. There is a tribute to. Um, so Chris Weibel, who played drums and mm -hmm. is the drummer in the band, um, the line fake until you make it only so much you can take, kid. Um, he always says, kid, how's it going, kid? What's yeah. up, kid? <laughs> so that was like a little, a little subtle shout out to Chris. Nice. But I did, I also liked that long, that line when you sent me the demos for this or the, not demos, but the, oh. the master version. Yeah. I remember going like, oh, that is such a great part of the song. <laughs> yeah. There's limits and I'm at mine. That's yeah. like a, oh boy, same stuff. No, it's, um, it's great. But yeah, so I don't know. It's just like a positive, like, you know, don't give in to pressure, listen for small voices, try to make good choices. And then um, that's Dan again at the end mm -hmm. in the gang vocal, um, yep. wherever you run, which is also a very, at the very end kind of addition. Um, it was supposed to be a fade out one, like all the other fade out songs. And then I had not had enough music to keep fading. <laughs> like the song ended and then it was like, uh oh, like yeah. there's nothing. So then I just spontaneously came up with that part to do it that way. Um, that was like an extra lyric that wherever you roam, this world is not your home. Wake up and live. You got more to give was just like an extra lyric. It wasn't even in the song. Really. Sure. And then I added that at the end. And I really, it's actually one of my favorite moments on the record. No, it's a just, great moment. I agree. Now, I, even talking about the lyrics on this, though, I've, I don't remember how you bring it up to other people, but just where does this song, you know, even probably, I don't know the right way to say it, Bill, so shut me down, but this is, it's not the most Christian song on the record, but how do you ask that question? Like it's, well, just because <laughs> I think the people that listen to your music and your podcast, you know, they haven't heard from you in a minute. So they probably are very yeah. curious and interested in this side of it. So I think it's worth also asking the question. I just don't know the right way to say it. We're friends enough there's, where I can, I can say it yeah, wrong to no, you. There's, there's Christian ideas in the song for sure. Um, you know, I, the thing about hedge around our hearts from the other song, um, and guard your heart like treasure. Those mm -hmm. are from, um, which I can't remember of course in this moment, but that scripture about mm -hmm. guarding your heart or whatever, yep. um, that's what that's from. And, um, loving, like there's no ledger. The idea of unconditional love mm -hmm. is definitely where that comes from. And then of course the ending, this world is not your home people that are, you know, 
in the church and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, understand the concept of that heaven is our final home or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I'm at with all that, but I'm, I'm doing my best. Sure. Um, but, um, but yeah, just the idea that, um, you know, trying to live with a purpose greater than ourselves and to, and to just, um, yeah, again, that call to love, uh, to love unconditionally, to guard your heart and be careful at the same time, you know, like you, it's that balance between being open, but then also protecting yourself and, and not allowing yourself to become damaged by bad sure. situations or bad people or whatever. But, and then even on the same topic, like, do you, I know I'll even take it to where I come from. Probably I'd notice within myself, like I definitely coming from evangelical culture have some, I think I heard it on your podcast. It was, <laughs> they talked about religious, some of you had interviewed talked about their religious scars or the scars on their heart or maybe something like that. And I really, yeah, resonated with that i was like oh man those are heavy and i have those and but I, i'm also really big on in 2019 that i will not i do not want to resonate as a victim i do not want to identify with my scars i'm not willing to be that yep. person you know so 100 but at the same point i also and it's it sounds metaphorical but you know in my own journey and doing mission work and whatever it's not like i haven't seen mountains moved at the same point so does that just mean I have some kind of childlike faith? I, I don't, and I don't know the answer. And the truth is I don't want to know the answer probably, you know. <laughs> this is probably more revealing than anything on the record. And, and, and I don't, I, by saying this, I don't intend this to like be hurtful to anyone. I just, I'm sharing very openly and honestly mm-hmm. a situation from my own life where I basically had a situation with a family member um, where I had essentially held things that happened during my childhood against this person my entire life right up right up right up to recent history like basically held on to the hurt held on to the stuff that they did to me held on to everything about the situation and and allowed it in some way i guess to define me and to define uh you know it's still stuff i was trying to work out in therapy like just like it's like dude i'm 50 i'm still hanging on to this shit from when i was like 16 like and and what literally happened to me was I, I came to summer break and I was like, I'm going to try to get back with my therapist. Cause toward the end of the spring semester, I kind of like had, I wasn't able to work out to be, to see him and whatever. And so I was trying to, I could only, he was in Montclair where my school is only on Mondays and that was the only time I could go to see him. And I had reached out to him and said, Hey, I'd like to try to get back with you at least for the summer while I'm on summer break. And I, you know, I want to try to work out some of this stuff and, whatever because i definitely learned some beneficial things from him that have really helped me through a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. just ways of thinking and ways of framing things and it was definitely very helpful to me and if you do that i think it's great and i i highly recommend it i don't know if i believe in it necessarily like long term when people just go year after year after year after year i'm believing that less just on a for myself personally sure like how how beneficial that is like i think it becomes a crutch can't can become a crutch yeah um on some level but there's nothing wrong with a set of tools yeah, exactly. And and so this is going to sound ridiculous, but he couldn't he couldn't work it out with me to see me. Like I it's funny and like ironic. It was like my therapist literally did not have time for me uh to fit into his schedule and I just decided I just had a moment in my car and I was like, "You know what? I'm good." Yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but like I was like, "You know what?" I'm just going to, I'm going to just try to love this person. I don't, they don't have to be my favorite person. We don't have to be best buds. 
I don't, you know what I mean? I don't have to pretend that this stuff didn't happen. It definitely happened. I definitely was hurt by it. Like, you know what I mean? But like, I just, in that moment, I, as I just purposed that I was going to try to live differently and I was going to, and I, I would say I've been mostly successful and I don't, and again, I'm not trying to say this is right for everybody. I'm not saying that like you can just decide one day I'm not going to be hurt anymore. Or, yeah. Like, but I, I know it sounds weird even coming out. I'm just this is my honest truth. As I went to see him, he couldn't see me, and I decided I'm not going to hold on to this shit anymore. Yeah, exactly. And 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 it's like I'm not going to allow this hurt to define me. I'm not going to allow this situation to be this thing where every time I call this person, I like feel sick to my stomach. I like dread being on the phone with them or dealing with the situation or like whatever. I'm just going to move on and I'm going to do my best to, to not let this be, be this thing anymore. Well, and don't you hit a point where you're like, I don't want this to have control of my life. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so this song and the idea of, you know, give yourself a break. We all make mistakes. It's best to leave them behind. You know, don't forget to use your voice. Be wise with your time. The idea of like, I'm not going to waste any more time on this stuff. It's like, I'm not going to beat myself up. Like, like I, I feel like the expression, it is what it is, is trite, but I find myself saying a lot, but it is very true. It's like sometimes there's just like, there's, you reach a point at which you just can't do anything about the situation you find yourself in or whatever it is. And you have to just kind of move on because it's like, if there's anything I've learned is we only have so much time in this life. Our time is maybe the most precious commodity that we have. And I feel like so many people I know and myself included, we waste so much time nursing these hurts and, Oh, they did this to me or they did that to me, or I got screwed or I got ripped off or I, I, all these things that we hear and you hear it and you see it. And and I see posts all the time on social media and different things. This person hurt me or I'm hurt. I'm, and it, and it's like, these are all real things, but like, we can't, we got to get past some of this stuff. Like there comes a certain point, at least for myself, personally speaking, like it's no longer beneficial. Like you just have to like, you know, you have a time to mourn. You have a time to like what you were saying, like to acknowledge, I fucked this up or I yeah. could have done this better. Or like, when, you know what I mean? To acknowledge your shit, to take ownership of the stuff that you could have done better or did or whatever. And then at a certain point you have to move on. And I, yeah. and my, you know, you get stuck in this thing of like just beating yourself up and, Oh, what was me? Or, you know, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, what can I do? It's just, oh, oh, oh. whatever. And so this is me telling myself and hopefully telling other people like, you know, give yourself a break. Like, and, you know? and, and is that what the title also is? Is like when you say repeat after me, just repeat this whole thing every day. I feel like yeah. I should just post this whole song. <laughs> like I'm looking at the lyrics right now. I've had a cheat sheet over here, but yeah, like it it's too. like, yeah, just try to stay open even when you're broken. Guard yeah. your heart like treasure. <laughs> love like there's no ledger. Give yourself a break. These are all things that like I need someone to tell me, and I can't go to my therapist because sure. he can't fit me in his schedule. So I assume he would say something. He said yeah. some of these ideas of these kinds of things, and this isn't natural for me to like think this kind of stuff to myself. Sure. So it's kind of like this is like your just, serenity's you know. prayer. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. Make this promise <laughs> yeah. to be honest with yourself. Yeah. You know, don't give in to pressure. Try to you be prepared for anything you know it's just a, a a pep talk it's my uh you know no my I, word is strong as oak speech or it, whatever it's a great song <laughs> well let's play a clip of it thanks try your best to stay Love like this 
long-winded tangents. No, so I'd, I'd love... Everybody's, everybody's made it this far into yeah. <laughs> whatever. Congrats. Yeah. Whoever, mm-hmm. whoever is still here with me and Brian, you know, it, we're all in this together. We've yeah. made it to the last track. Yeah. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, take us into the last song. Okay. All Hands on Deck. Um, the title is from Harry Potter. Um, from when uh, they're having butterbeer and he's like, oh, oh, all hands on deck, Granger, yeah. or whatever, which I always thought was hilarious. Um, so that's definitely where I got the title from. Um, I'm not like a big Harry Potter person, but I just always thought that line was hilarious. Like he's kind of stumbling in there like all hands on deck. Like It's okay if you are. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, I did go to Harry Potter land with Mark Solomon in, in uh, Disney. But um, and I do have a Harry Potter pillow on my chair, but whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, this is just about the everything. Like, it's sort of like a summation. Like, if there was like a close notes of the record, um, you know, here comes your warning. A storm is forming. Yeah. Take cover. You know, all hands on deck. You know, I missed the warning signs. It's too late for me to do anything about it. Um, it's going to hurt yeah. <laughs> and I lost everything. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of, and then weirdly in the end here, there's like a little bit about like the idea of like, whether we're chosen to be saved or not. Um, there is a little bit of that faith stuff coming back in there. What mm-hmm. if we never had a chance? What if we were damned all along? What if we are all just born to die? What if everything's a lie? If we're not chosen, is it all broken? Is there redemption? We must keep hoping. So it's like, again, the idea of like being comfortable with the fact that maybe I don't have the answers to these questions, but I have to believe in redemption and I have to keep hoping. Like, um, yeah. I do love the line, by the way, if we're not frozen or in the ocean, which is sort of a climate uh, commentary. Um, that I, is a line that I'm proud of. I actually. took Titanic out of it, but um. nice. Yeah, Titanic. <laughs> yeah, if we're not frozen or in the ocean, <laughs> yeah. we got got to keep hoping. So that's I'm making I'm having a little fun at the end there. But, yeah. um, you know, if we lack purpose, words to remind us is there redemption. We must keep hoping. And and I actually weirdly get choked up every time I listen to the song in that part of the song. Um, just reminding myself of that, I think is so important. Like just the idea that like, we just have to keep hoping like, and no, no matter where we're at, like in belief, no matter where we're at in our lives, like, you know, no matter what's happened to us or whatever, like whether we believe in God, whether we don't believe in God, whether we know so confidently what the future is going to hold or yeah. whether there's heaven or not or whatever. Like, I just think it's important to have hope. And, and I think if we lose hope, and don't believe in some kind of redemption for ourselves, even on just a personal level, whether it's spiritual or not, like we're just sort of lost. Yeah. Well, even talking about the thing with the guys with the torches, I mean, there, I have to have hope that, that somehow love can prevail, that we can get out of this muck, that this isn't going to be forever. Yep. So, so yeah. And we're all in this together. So it's like not my hands on deck. It's all hands on deck. You know, we all, we're all, I think it's so important for us to all remember that we're in life together. And I definitely, you know, have benefited from the wonderful support and friendship of people. I just want to, um, <laughs> I'm like, so going through menopause, dude, I say this on the podcast all the time. Like I cry at this, at like the drop of a hat now. It's like so embarrassing, but, um, just I on a personal level, you were such an encouragement to me in finishing this record. Like I definitely went through so many phases of like self-doubt of like, 
there's no way I'm going to finish it or that it's going to be good or that anyone will care or anything. And like, you were like such an encouragement to me. (sighs) (laughs) This is why everybody tunes in, Brian. They just like to hear me, to hear me laugh and cry. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) It should just be called, it should be just called the laughing, crying podcast. It's essentially what it's become. Just like, here's where I'm going to laugh and here's where I'm going to. But I love that it's it goes it's even because it reflects into that song that it has the emotion of the laughing and the you know the tears. I just love you. I appreciate you, and I just think like you know Chris and Dan and Mike and Mark and these people that are you know my inner circle I call it or whatever and 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 um Danny Papa and just you know I'm sorry if I forgot anybody but just these people that have um that basically carried me through the, like the worst year of my life, you know, like just like helping me move, helping me, you know, just like everything. They were just there for me calling to check on me, texting me, like, you know, people that, um, you know, said your song is good or, you know, just like just the people that encouraged me and helped me through like all this stuff to get to this point. Like I'm so immensely grateful. And I think like, if you feel alone or you feel alienated or whatever, it's just so important to reach out to people to be, you know, I, like I said earlier, just like I have that tendency to kind of isolate myself or to be antisocial or like whatever. And I've learned through all of this, how important it is to have those good, strong friendships, to have people around you that you can count on real friends, you know, people that will be there for you in your most difficult times in your life, you know? And, um, (laughs) <laughs> when I sent this record to mastering, I cried at my desk. <laughs> yeah. And and I think it was partly out of relief and and partly because I got to the end of this and I was thinking about that and, and re- the idea of redemption and keeping hoping and like whatever and hitting send on those files and sending that to Chris to be mastered and stuff and just thinking like, I hope that I hope that when people listen to this and when they get to that point that 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 really that they really feel that in their heart and that they feel like no matter what they're going through or whatever, that they can like, you know, truly carry on and that they do have hope for the future and that it will get better. And that, you know, you will have a new day every day. You get a new chance to start over, you know, and you get a chance to try to do better and to learn from your mistakes and all these things that this record is about. And just to try to, um, you know, to be able to be vulnerable and to rely on people and to tell people, Hey man, I'm not doing good right now. I could really use a prayer or a thought or a hand or whatever it is that, that we are in this together and we need each other. Yeah. And don't, don't be afraid to ask for help or to show it. Like I don't have my struggle. (laughs) That's the worst thing ever, you know? Yeah. So I'm a mess. <laughs> no way. Well, again, it, I, the record is very emotional. So, I, I mean, the idea that we're having a podcast about your emotional record and you're being emotional is great. You know, I don't mean to sound very <laughs> so Spockish. I just don't. I have. I, I put the emo in emo, Brian. Oh, we all totally. know that. Yeah. <laughs> I put the I, emotional I've done my emo. best to not say emo this whole podcast. <laughs> no, this is a punk record. To me, it's just punk. You know, yeah. that's what I've always said, you know. Yeah. But, Whatever. No, and it is a great punk record. I think it's awesome. And I think Blenderhead fans will love it. Uh, it has a, you know, a ton of, even I think when we were talking about uh, the Hero to Zero in Two Seconds Flat, like that chorus to me was so Blenderhead when I heard it, you know, I was like. Yeah, it's I, in there. I feel like it's, I feel like it is a good progression from where at least songs I wrote on the last record where I was kind of headed, 
in yeah. my writing and what I was trying to say and, and whatever. Was, like, I feel it, like I kind of picked up and where I left off. Yeah. And again, it, I think it's great, too, that you didn't make a Blenderhead record. So, you know, that being said, it's... Well, I just never could. I mean, that, that was definitely, that whole band was like very much a collaboration. And I think that was another one of the things I had to overcome to make this record. Like everything I ever did in a band was always a collaboration. Like yeah. someone would bring an idea, we'd all work on it together. It would morph, you know, into this other thing. You know, it was never like someone, never in any of the bands I was in did did someone come in and tell everyone what to play and this is the song and, sure. and play what I tell you and what it was always it always came out the other end something completely different and everybody brought their stuff to it and so I think like I leaned on that a lot and I honestly didn't know if I could even do it it's like I definitely had one I was like what am I doing I can't do this by myself like I don't even know how to play guitar I'm not even a guitarist like how am I gonna play guitar like I'm at Mike's like who played guitar on this I'm like I played guitar and I still don't even know I don't even know what chords I'm playing I don't even you're like hey what's up I'm like I don't know how I'm gonna show someone even yeah. to play this stuff I was like I think this is a I don't know <laughs> Like, for, the, for, the, for the web people, when you do put your band together, just do me a favor and document the whole thing. <laughs> <So> <laughs> let this be my encouragement to you. Don't let having no idea how to play any of the instruments or sing or do it. Don't let that be a hindrance to you yeah. doing it. Because if I can do it, you definitely can do it, I'm sure. No. Well, in closing, it's a great record, Bill. And I think you did a great job. Okay. And I'm, I'm. everybody knows... Uh, the show notes will have the information where to go do your pre-order on uh, as of Sunday and sure. All if this. you're hearing if you're hearing this and you've made it this far, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. I love you. I appreciate your support. I'm sorry you have to listen to my giant long ramblings about all this stuff, but I hope that if you do enjoy it and you do love it, that this will be fun for you to hear about some of the ideas behind the songs. And yeah, and um, I'm really grateful to Brian today to do this, and to, it was his idea, and and um, it wasn't as terrible as I thought. It was okay. I think I was mainly just happy to see your face and to yeah. talk to you. Um, <laughs> well, but yeah, thanks, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the record. Yeah, love you, man, and thanks for letting me be a part of it. That's it. Spoken in tongues. The nail that sticks up will be hammered down. Uh, I've been working on this thing forever. I hope you're excited to hear some of the songs, all the songs. Um, and, uh, and thank you to uh, Brian Grays 
for uh, guest hosting and for his friendship and support. I did want to mention in my emotional uh, breakdown there and thanking people for helping me through the last year of my life, I wanted to mention a special shout out to Joel and Melanie Martin, um, who have been incredible friends to me. Uh, Joel especially has been a longtime supporter of pretty much everything I've ever done, my charity shirt brand, my podcast, uh, all my bands and music projects, and has been an ardent supporter and encourager of me. Um, that I just value very much. And uh, thanks, Joel. Um, I, if I forgot anybody else, it's nothing personal. Just uh, running on the edge here. <laughs> anyway, it's got uh, limited edition CDs, limited edition vinyl, limited edition cassettes. Thank you to Matt at uh, Steadfast. There's some shirts on there that are also going to be limited edition, kind of cool discharge print shirt. Um, and uh, that's about it. I love to hear from you if you're into the record. Um, and uh, that's it. Until next time, keep up the good work. I'm proud of you. Three and a half hours, huh? Good Lord. All right, then. Not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, enjoy everyone.